0: and AEW Worlds Collide is the pay-per-view. There's some good matches on that card, actually, for AEW. It's kind of something interesting to see. So, it, it's it, these are gonna start coming at the right time. You know, I mean, football season's winding down. Nobody's excited about basketball. Nobody's excited about hockey. I mean, you're not excited about baseball. What are you excited about? Otani being on the Dodgers? Great, so the Dodgers empire can keep rolling while your team barely struggles to survive whatever city they're in. You know, it's like, no, forget all that. Let's talk about some wrestling. Switch it up here. Let's get into wrestling mode. Because the thing about WWE and AW and, you know, these type of events and this type of sports entertainment is just better than basketball and hockey and baseball. Just not better than football. And I like professional fighting more than WWE. Like I like the MMA um, a lot more than WWE. I would say a lot more. I would just say a little bit more. Now, I would say I like WWE and AEW a lot more than boxing. Yes, because your best boxers are fighting once or twice a year. You know, I, I just I don't understand that. These WWE guys are on the road every week putting it down. You know what I'm saying? And they're also having to act. They can't just get hit with a trash can once and stick around. You know what I mean? They actually have to act. So. A good kind of recap and, and this is more of a recap when I do NXT and Dynamite Smackdown or Rampage or Raw. Whatever brand I'm talking about, no matter which brand it is, there's something that I like about the brand. And believe me, I'll find what I don't like, but there's something I like about every brand and what they're putting out there. So with WWE NXT, that is that is the most watched for me personally. So this is my most watched wrestling event. I'm always trying to tune in to WWE NXT that you do have my word on. Now, OTM is up against Andre Chase and Duke Hudson and script This is over Scripps money. They have this little thing they're playing out with the, the uh, being owed money here. So I thought that was interesting. This is who is going to get a chance against Tony D'Angelo and Stax. And I really thought You know Bronco, Nima and Lucian Price Being in a group Just doesn't seem right I felt like this should almost be like a handicap match Because I felt like at, At a lot of times These two guys Were kind of like Big enough to handle You know Duke Hudson and Andre Chase and I think what's more important for these guys is they actually had a really good match like Price had a really good match and uh, if you're not really knowing who Lucia Price is he's pretty damn good and it could have just been a handicap match you know but the uh, Bronco getting in there in the mix was good for him and these are two guys trying to make a name and they're doing it in, a, in the right way. I feel like they're doing it in the proper way. You know, we start off with the tag team match, but I felt like it was, you know, more for the storyline with Tony D and Stax. I felt like that was where this match was headed. So overall, I give the match a B B+. Like, B+, good grade. You know, I think at the end of the day, you look at that match, you look back on it, and you're like... It was pretty entertaining. Like, Andre Ch- Chase, I feel like he's clumsy on purpose. And Duke Hudson kind of being the, the bully of the group. Or the enforcer of the group, maybe is the right word because he's a babyface. So the enforcer of the group it would probably be the better choice of words. But I feel like his character kind of gels in that group right now. They also have Riley Osborne in there. Some, you know, there's some talent in Chase U. I wish they would expand on that Chase U a little bit more, though. I feel like well, I feel like time is ticking by, and they and they need to kind of make a big a big splash with this here. But Bronco Neiman, Lucian Price getting a chance to go after Tony D'Angelo and Stags. I can tell you how that's going to end, but we'll wait. Then we get something really good with uh noam dar versus josh briggs It josh just wanted to prove that he could win without brooks jensen and Fallon in his corner but it was unwise and usually is unwise when you got noam dar who's out there even though he's a lot smaller like really smaller than josh briggs i do feel like noam dar had a good match though they both got some good work in and it just feels like you gotta have somebody in your corner when someone's got that many people in theirs, you know. I think the WWE is doing a, a terrible job of allowing wrestlers to finish their matches. This one ended in a disqualification after a really good heat. They were going back and forth, and then it was it was it was pretty exciting, and then they ended with Josh Briggs getting hit with something. But that's not how it ended. It ended with him using that thing he got hit with to hit Noam Dar, and after he lost his cool, and see, it kind of just showed a little bit of a rough spot for him. Like, like that's what they painted the picture as. That's the scene. You you, you kind of take away. Like, what do you take away? Well, he's gonna have a tough goal as being a singles competitor. That's what I take away. Because if you can't be Noam Dar, even if he's got to people close his corner. Uh, you know, can You know, it's not always going to be a cage match or something. You know, so I feel like his kind of record as a singles competitor is is like starting off. You know, to look a little, it's looking kind of murky here in the WWE NXT universe. Uh, they didn't get to finish the match. So I'm not even going to really give that a grade. You know. That's the way I kind of look at that. Like they didn't finish the match. So then Cora Jade versus Carmen Petrovic. And it was a squash match. Core Jade comes out there. Squashes Carmen. After Carmen does like. A few good moves. In her arsenal. But Core Jade looked. Amazing. Looks like number one. She's put on a little bit of muscle. Looks like she's super lean and she's moving probably the best she's ever has at the WWE square and circle. Like she's moving the best she ever has. You could tell um, it was a good performance in a short time Gigi Dolan running out to save Petrovic at the end. That was a welcome sight. B on the grade, we'll give it a B because it's a squash match. We can't give it too high of a grade, <clears throat> so it's cool. Then Riley Osborne versus Lexus King, and they really didn't do it for me, but I do like the intensity that Riley Osborne brought. But I feel like at this point with Lexus King, like it felt like this was a match. You know, he knew he was gonna lose it. So I don't know. I'm not saying he didn't put on a good effort. I'm just saying that it felt like I got the feeling like, well, it doesn't look like he's gonna win. Like at any point. And Riley had a really good match. Chase University returns with a vengeance. And that's what they got to do. They got to have guys in that group. And they need to be like a judgment day. But the opposite. Like a good day. You know what I'm saying? Like how they had the new day. Well they kind of got to be like the good day. You know. Braun Breaker up against Nathan Frazier. Oh, and that Riley Osborne match, we'll grade that at as uh, a C. Between Lexus King and uh, Riley Osborne representing Chase University. Grade that out as a C. Then Braun Breaker meets Nathan Frazier. And this was a real treat for the fans in my opinion. Um, It's like just showing Nathan Frazier, Frazier can hang with the big dogs. You know he's exciting. He's fast. Brian is in the best form he can be, and looks like he got in great form as well. You know Nathan Frazier hit a super kick and almost won that match, and uh, Brian ends up coming out on top as a nasty spear, then goes and finishes Nathan off. But I, I think that, like Nathan Frazier, you know is just mo- is just moving up the ladder. Of who people want to see. People want to see this guy. When he keeps like. He's just got to keep putting the work in. And he'll be on the bigger shows. But he had a really good match. <clears throat> and Braun really. You know. <clears throat> it's kind of like solidifying himself still. As like. The the big dude in the back. So. Big homie gets a win there. Braun was looking great that match. I mean Nathan Frazier came with the energy. Braun Breaker met that energy and they both gave each other a good match there. I would say A, flat A, for that match. Then Obafemi versus Tavion Heights. And honestly, I thought Tavion Heights might win that. So they did a good job of convincing me, to be honest, because I fought, I felt like for a minute Tavion Heights might win this match. Oh, but the monstrous Obafemi Dude, Femi's coming for, he's coming for, to make some noise. He did here, but he's, he's coming to do it against a little bit bigger name. No disrespect to Tavion Heights, because, hey, being on this stage is huge. But no disrespect, he's just coming to do it against a bigger competition is all. And, you know what, you need matches like this. You need matches that you display what what you have, but also you're allowing the fans and the people behind the scenes to see what the other competitor has and I like those type of matches and that's what you got a good back and forth a strong man match and in this NXT men's breakout tournament Oba Femi is moving on I give it a B minus because I don't want to be too critical but it just it was just a strong man match I call that a strong man match Joe Gacy up against Joe Coffey and This is just like a good match. Like, in my opinion, it's just a good match. Joe Coffey. Very underrated. Needs a better get up. Joe Gacy needs a better get up. But, uh... Joe Gacy gets back to his winning ways. He's back in NXT. He gets on track. Gets a win. It's actually a big deal. Because now he can start to get back into the fold. But I think... Overall, I was actually impressed with how NXT did this match. So give that a B as well. But Joe Gacy, you know, being around, uh, I think helps this brand a lot. And Joe Coffee, you know, I feel like that was a little bit of a mismatch with there's like, all right, we got Joe Gacy versus Joe Coffee. Like, hold on, who? No, no, Joe Gacy versus Joe Coffee. What's a lot of Joes like Nation of Joes here going on like, might need to you know what I mean change somebody's name here and it's probably not going to be Joe Gacy I think you had Eddie Thorpe to finish out and they were doing like this NXT Underground match for like the final match where it's kind of just like no ring just go at it and Eddie Thorpe goes up against you know DJ could. look here's the thing about DJ he's actually a pretty tough competitor like he's pretty tough he talks a big game that's just his character his persona he's really a good wrestler he reminds me of the big boss man but actually just a little more athletic could do a little bit more than big boss man could not much more though but just like a, a little bit more to be fair And then you look at Eddie Thorpe and you're like, well, I feel like if this guy could put it all together, he's like the next ultimate warrior. Now, does he see himself as that? Who the hell knows? I just think that that's like his path is that ultimate warrior type of path for Eddie Thorpe. And he comes out there looking like the freaking ultimate warrior. So, I don't know. You got Dijak that's looking like Big Boss Man and you got Eddie Thorpe looking like the ultimate warrior. So of course I like the match. Now, Eddie Thorpe winning is actually good for the business. Because it shows. They're not just going with favorites. Because I think Dajek might have been the favorite to win that. I might be wrong, but I feel like sometimes the villain could be a little bit more favored than the hero or the babyface. You know, I wouldn't say hero, it's a babyface. But yeah, I feel like it was a good choice. And to call it NXT Underground? To try to channel some of that uh, ECW energy. That old WCW Nitro energy they're trying to channel there. A little bit of that attitude atmosphere. You know, they're trying to channel something here. And I think they did a good job. Because I feel like people just wanted to kind of see. What is this NXT Underground thing going on? And it was a good way to get people to watch your show. So, good job WWE NXT. Good job cast and crew. But no, I enjoyed the show. Uh you know, give that match. Give that underground match an A minus. Like give it an A minus. Call it a day. Overall WWE NXT, the final grade. I grade it as a A minus, as a matter of fact. That was a good episode that had a lot of wrestling, had some promos getting cut but the wrestling outshine the promos A- minus final grade on WWE NXT for the results and recap right here on Preston Super Show I'll be right back talking about AEW Dynamite's results from Wednesday and then I have the big picks for you for AEW World's End coming up on Saturday talk about the match order and we'll talk about who will win each match a lot of people are out there betting on this. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll be right back after this. AEW Dynamite on Wednesday night started off with the bang. You got John Moxley. He has to go up against Jay White and Swerve Strickland in this gold league for the Continental Classic. Strickland looked the best in that match. We know Moxley's really good. He's been around a long time. And on top of that, he knows what he's doing in there. Like it's different for guys who get in there and then, you know, kind of pick it up. Moxley just gets in there, and knows what he's doing. He's good at working the crowd. He gets in the crowd more than anybody else in AEW. And it actually, you know, is a part of the show. Uses the environment to his advantage, you know, to become a favorite. But I could feel that, like, the AEW universe never feels too committed to anybody. You know, they, they don't feel like people take many favorites in this league. John Moxley. I like... What he did in this match, I'll tell you that much. But I was I was more impressed with Swerve Strickland. And at some point, I feel like Jay White actually like spit at John Moxley. Now I don't know if he did, but it kind of looked like it. And I don't know if that was just part of the show, part of getting it worked up, or whatever they're doing there to create a little bit of you know heat between them. Well, it's there. Because I could see something in Moxley's eye that was like, what the what the you know what I mean? What was that? But John Moxley overcoming the odds of winning this match, I think that was the right move as well. But Swerve Strickland, like his time has to be coming in this company. Because if you think about it, you can't blame Tony Khan for anything. Can't blame him. He's doing everything he can to put a good product out here. So when guys don't get over, maybe, maybe they don't get over because they didn't win, we feel like. But he still had, I still feel, walk away like, oh, I feel like he had the best match. Now, most people will probably not remember that because Moxley won. Most people probably remember Moxley having a good match. See, that's the difference between winning and losing. So... I appreciate the match because I feel like all three of these guys really put a lot into it. The match went forever. I mean, you're talking about a long match, uh, a true triple threat, and everything was kind of going Swerve Strickland's way. Like, even when he was getting knocked out, I felt like oh, he'll overcome this. But it wasn't enough to be Jon Moxley. And Jay White, you know. Focusing on one, I could I could see them putting swerve over, but I think in this match they got it right with just letting Moxley win, let him go out into the crowd, let him get ready for the Continental Club uh the world's end uh premium event they got there on Saturday. Then we get, uh, because that's a long match. Like, it takes a a good part of the show. A good chunk of the show goes by by the time that match is over. So, the Don Callis family's, uh, boxing week celebration turns into chaos. The reason I didn't like this was because they're a little bit late. Um, so he comes out there with these boxing gifts. A little bit past, you know, that. And he says, uh you know, talking about Sammy being a bad dad and they're trying to help him because Sammy comes out there and they're having a little bit of a a dialogue. Then the lights go out and, um... You know, Sting is in the ring because Chris Jericho came down there to kind of even the score up. The lights go out and then Sting shows up. Then it's Darby Allen and Sting. You know, and they're, then they're kind of stated there with Sammy and Chris Jericho. And I think you get a good look at kind of like the past and the present. Eddie Kingston completes his comeback, right? He defeated Brian Danielson. And um, the first match being so long, I just give it an A. You know, with John Moxley, Jay White, you know, and Swerve Strickland. But with this next match Eddie Kingston versus Brian Danielson I felt like there was you know hesitation by AEW to like want Eddie Kingston to win this and I feel like Brian Danielson like doesn't mind I don't know it doesn't feel like he cares but feels like the company like is hesitant on Eddie Kingston more than anything you know I'll talk about that in a minute but Eddie Kingston puts on a good match. Him and Brian Danielson, actually, that's a good, like, matchup. Whoever booked that did a good job. And Eddie Kingston uh, puts on a good show, you know, because he's the type of guy that, again, he's like the John Moxley in the way he works. He's not too fast. They're both about that same speed. And Brian Danielson has the the quickness about him. So I felt like it made it a better match because you had Brian Danielson that could heat up and then all of a sudden Eddie Kingston would just hit him with a big move, you know. And Eddie Kingston ends up winning. And John Moxley comes down and kind of steals a little bit of his fire. And I don't think Eddie, you know, wanted to go through with all of that. I think this was supposed to be his big emotional win. That's how it's supposed to go. And then the way they play it is Hey, you know John Moxley, I'm better than you Eddie Blah, blah, blah And then Eddie's kind of like Oh, I was actually in the business before you You're lucky I even let you It, you know what I mean Breathe in this place So, I don't know I thought it was some good heat Because the way they built it In my bed, it was good I just think that like from Eddie Kingston's standpoint You know, Eddie Kingston's fans They don't want that but I feel like it's like good for business type of thing. Chris Statlander versus Sky Blue. Um, and you know, here's the thing: Sky Blue is a is a real, real talent in this business, and they're and they're they've caught on. They've realized that this whole Chicago girl thing, this whole hey, I'm from Chicago, tough chick, and I'll fight you. You know that this whole thing's kind of resonating with people, and then the way Sky Blue just works in the ring just makes you want to watch more and more. I mean, I've been watching her since their Dark matches. You know, when she wasn't even getting these prime time spots, so she's in prime time right there. Um, You're seeing everything she has in her arsenal. She's trying the Hurricane Rana. Um, Willow Nightingale is uh, around because uh, what happens is after Sky Blue wins they're about to put a beat out on Chris Statlander and um, well Willow Nightingale make sure that doesn't happen so it ends up being a good match for Sky Blue good match for Chris but I think Sky Blue just shows you that she's just on another level in this business and I, I just am really impressed with her you know that Eddie Kingston match, I give that, I grade that, graded that out at like a B, just a flat B. And that Sky Blue match was like a B plus. But uh, it wasn't like a ton of matches. Like, listen to the matches compared to what WWE put on. These were, these were like very long, kind of like WCW format. It is kind of like a little bit of a WCW playbook. It feels like MJF loses his tag team titles. And Joe is in the league with the devil. Remember the devil's a character they're bringing into the fold here. And then they're running this devil storyline. Here's where I feel like they got people confused. I don't think it's time for MJF to like leave the business. He's he he's still dealing with a real injury and he's still like getting by for the rest of this year until next year and then whatever happens happens. But everybody's kind of like losing their mind because of Samoa Joe putting a freaking you know a good night a good night Irene basically on MJF there, like putting his lights out. <clears throat> I think ultimately you shouldn't be surprised. That's classic Samoa Joe. That's TNA Samoa Joe right there. You know what I mean? That's impact Samoa Joe right there coming in and doing what he does best. In my opinion, that's what he does best is is be the villain, be the, the heel. Forget all that hero crap. He's a way bigger villain than MJF has been. Um, MJF is just good on the microphone, just better on the microphone than the Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe the way he works oh I'll take villain Samoa Joe over uh, this MJF currently any day and that's not because of the injury I'm talking before this injury he started talking about his shoulder having an issue talking about in his arm there that's you know making it harder to do matches until it's fully healed well let me tell you Samoa Joe's had his fair share of injuries too and I still take Samoa Joe you know It's uh, if I had to have a tag team partner, you know, because I think Samoa Joe is very underestimated and underappreciated in professional wrestling. I'll say it. I think he is. I think that Samoa Joe doesn't get talked about like some of the bigger stars, but he's just as big a star as the rest of them. And Samoa Joe doing what he did just shows that MJF ain't the only villain out there. And that's what they have to show in this business. They have to be able to... Because they're kind of like on the fence with Sky Blue. Do they make her a villain? Do they, you know, make her a hero? What do we do? But in AEW, you know, they really need to separate baby faces from heels. and, And really make that stand out a little bit more. Because the whole business right now is like... Heels everywhere, full of heels, trying to do babyface storylines. So I think that's another kind of ab- abnormality in the in the company right now. The match itself, with it, this tag team match, I, I wasn't a big fan of it to be honest with you. I liked how it ended. <laughs> that was my favorite part about that match, and then. Um, for all intensive pers- purposes, like MJF is still great, you know, and I feel like it's a good storyline, to be honest with you. I don't think they did anything wrong with the storyline. They would say, oh, they've done this before, They'd blah, 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 whatever. It, it is what it is. I mean, I, I'm not surprised, you know, to say the least. I just don't give that match a high grade. You know, we say C on that. But overall... This AEW Dynamite really wasn't a lot of action unless you're talking about the length of matches. If you're talking about quality, the quality of the matches was pretty good. Was it the best, oh, best ever? No, it wasn't. It was pretty good. But you're talking about a small sample compared to what WWE NXT put on in the same amount of time. So, I really think WWE and NXT won this week over AEW Dynamite. And I also believe that, like, the proper grade for this AEW Dynamite, because there were some promos that were, like, part of the kind of stories going on in the back that needed to be cut. So, they did a good job there and kind of built up for their card coming up. And then we have Rampage tonight, also SmackDown tonight. But... That AEW card is very interesting. And we'll be talking about that next here On Preston Super Show. But I do think it was a good show. For Dynamite. I was glad I watched. But I'm going to give it a B minus. B minus. I feel like that's a fair grade. And uh, I feel like. It could have been worse. You know. So that's a, that's actually. A, a, saying a good thing for the. AEW Dynamite show. Starting with the AEW Worlds End card. This is like a big New Year's deal here. So you have their first ever Worlds End pay-per-view. It is a stacked card. It's huge. It's, it's like a huge, huge deal. And I like the matches a lot. That I I will tell you. I like all of the matches on the card. So I'm going to talk about the matches. And I'm going to give you a winner in these matches. The only one I'm not going to give you a winner for until the end is the Battle Royal. And that's just because I'm just going to look over a little bit. And I'm going to make that decision at the end of the show. Starting with the FTW Championship Zero Hour Pre-Show, Hook vs. Wheeler Yudo. Now, in that Zero Hour is the 20-Man Battle Royal as well. But just looking at this match, the way it's shaped up, hooked the champion of the, F- the FTW champion versus Wheeler UW. And to be honest with you, you look at this match and say, on a, on a pre-show, zero hour, it makes sense for there to be a good match, a great match, memorable, right? But not a championship change. Not at this point in the show. The only way I see that is if they really have a plan to elevate Hook forward. So far, he's been the FTW guy. Hook wins. It's a great match, but Hook wins the FTW championship. Then you get the 20 man battle royal and you know, it's really not even that important who wins the battle royal. All's it is it just ensures who's going to get a shot at the TNT championship match. There's plenty of ways to get that. But a 20 man battle royal that was announced last minute seems to me like it was just slopped together. And that's kind of what it's going to come down to. They didn't even announce all of the participants. So, as far as a prediction goes, expect it to be somebody who doesn't have really anything else going, but can give the TNT championship a good, you know, run for their money, depending on who wins. Swerve Strickland versus Keith Lee will be after. It'll start off the pay-per-view after the zero, zero hour is done. I believe Swerve Strickland wins. I'm going with Swerve Strickland as my pick here over Keith Lee. I think Keith Lee is, you know, maybe the better entertainer. But I think Swerve Strickland has kind of captured momentum. Looking at Dynamite, you're going to see Rampage tonight. I don't know if he'll be on Rampage, don't know if Keith Lee will be, but they have this match here that they really can win over some more fans and and really maintain uh, the fans they do have in AEW and really help the brand. This is a match that can really help the brand, Swerve Strickland versus Keith Lee. I like Swerve Strickland to win. TBS Championship on the line. Julia Hart, the incumbent, versus Ab- Abaddon. So, I think Julia Hart wins. I think it's just clear. Just it's supposed to be a good match. I don't think it will go that long. I think Julia Hart, clear and cut, wins this match for the TBS Championship. But Abaddon will have a something to say about it. She will have something to say about this. Then we get Miro versus Andre L. Idalo, and I actually think Idalo wins this. I feel like for Miro, it's him. He's just like happy to be a part of the show right now, which is cool. Nothing wrong with that, but I don't see the next level yet. So this will be a good match to kind of check out and see if we if we get that next level feeling from him. But i every time I watch that guy, I'm more impressed with him. So I, I like him to win this match against Miro. Then you get the eight-man tag team match. Ricky Starks versus Big Bill, Kyle Fletcher. Uh, well, Ricky Starks, Big Bill, and Kyle Fletcher. Versus Powerhouse Hobbs, Chris Jericho, Sammy G, Sting, and Darby Allen. So how do they have this laid out? You get Ricky Stark's Big Bill, Kyle Fletcher, and Powerhouse Hobbs versus Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, Sting, and Darby Allen. Well, that's going to be a win for Chris Jericho and Sting's team. Chris Jericho and Sting don't team up and lose. That wouldn't make any sense. This is the future and the present with Sammy and Chris and Sting and Darby. The future and the past, you know what I mean? The past and the present. Or the past and the future. Present and the future. However you want to say it. That's what it is. But Ricky Starks is going to shine. Powerhouse Hobbs is going to shine. And these guys are really starting to distance themselves. Big Bill, Kyle Fletcher, hey, you know, welcome to the club. But uh, yeah, give me the the four-man team of Jericho, Sammy, Sting, and Darby in that one to win over Ricky Starks, Big Bill, Kyle Fletcher, and Powerhouse Hobbs. Then we get the AEW Women's World Championship Tony Storm versus Rio. It's time for like a shake up here with the AEW Women's Championship. Like, time for Tony Storm to take an, an L here. I think Rio wins and I, I feel like that would get the crowd really into it. I feel like that gets the crowd hype in Long Island. Then you have AEW Women's World Championship. Tony Storm. Scratch that. You get the Continental Classic after Tony Storm vs. Rio, we just talked about. You get the Continental Classic for the Triple Crown Championship. Which is Eddie Kingston versus John Moxley. Now Eddie Kingston is the incumbent here against John Moxley. But this doesn't feel like a match. For John to like... Like, th- this is how I look at it. I see how emotional Eddie was in that match on Dynamite. And then I see John Moxley and he comes down there. And he's got to kind of like take some of that energy away to build this match up. But I do believe that Jon Moxley will win this match. I feel like for Eddie, I feel like the big emotions, that big outburst was a giveaway to me, that that was the emotional win. That was the emotional match to have with Brian Danielson and beat the American Dragon. But it, it's not the same with Moxley. Yes, it's emotional to win over Moxley, but that big outpour, that big burst, that big buildup, that whole, act he did, that is going to kind of paint the picture that John Moxley's gonna win, and that was all the emotion pouring out about yeah I won the battle, but the war is still to be fought. Like the war's not done. So I think Jon Moxley wins the Continental Classic. Final for the Triple Crown Championship going to be a lot better in history for AEW to have Jon Moxley win that in my opinion. TNT Championship notice qualification match. You get Christy Cage versus Adam Copeland. I'm, this is the match I'm actually not that excited about. You're like, what do you mean? These are two veterans? Yes, exactly. And they're in a No Disqualification match, which means they get to go super slow and take their time. And I'm hoping that they just come with a bag full of tricks to be honest with you if they could come in here with a bag full of tricks and hit me with their best shot I'm going to love this match but if they come into a no disqualification match and play it old school boring just trying to play up to the crowd I'm going to be really tired of this match quick I do believe Christian Cage wins Edge doesn't Mind losing on the big stage, lost in front of his home crowd on the big stage. So, I think Christian Cage retains the TNT championship in this one. Then you get AEW World Championship MJF versus Samoa Joe. In this one, I think we're about to get a shocker. I think they're saving the shocker for the end. And I think Samoa Joe beats MJF here. I'm gonna go on the record and say that. I think Samoa Joe beats MJF finishes MJF here And for all practical purposes It's just to build up MJF's character more That's the whole logic behind it But it gives Samoa Joe another chance To ride it to the sunset with the glory